Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent for the West Aurora Schools, and welcome back to our podcast for uh, District 129. And this morning, we uh, welcome Mr. Kevin Triplett, our safety officer, and uh, really excited to have Kevin on uh, to have some discussion about some of what he does and and where he's been and where we're going. So, Kevin, uh, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. We're, we're looking for a really fun discussion this morning. Uh, the other piece that I think is uh, as fun, uh, we're going to get into a little more about your role, but uh, you've got your roots here in the West Side. You're a West Aurora alum. I, I am. I have my uh, my Jayhawks and my West Aurora letter <laughs> up on my desk. Can you give us a little background about uh, your experiences uh, as you went through our West Aurora schools? You know, um, I came through the schools back in the late 60s, ah. and uh, it was kind of in the beginning of uh, integration. Yes. And uh, I went to Smith School, but I lived literally three blocks away from Hill School. And I, I wondered, why Why can't I walk to school? I'm getting on a bus and, and, and going to Smith School. But, you know, I, I would not trade that for anything. I, I, I love the experience I had there at Smith School. Uh, um, in fact, I'm going to visit a friend this weekend that lives in Minneapolis that uh, I went to kindergarten with. That's a wild. Yeah. What a great set of roots there. So, uh, you know, you talk about Hill. Uh, of course, Hill was our, our uh, oldest school in the district. Uh, probably the fifth oldest, I think, in the state of Illinois at about 128 years old. Uh, built in 1888. You know, as I used to say during our campaign, it was 23 years after the end of the Civil War. Um, and so it, it had some history and, and had some challenges. And now we've built a state-of-the-art uh, replacement for it on that same campus. So a lot has changed, uh, you know, specific to Hill, but our district has changed a lot. Um, what are some of the, the observations? You've been back in the district here for the last couple months now. And I know you have children in the district, but and from your perspective and your lens, what, what's been some of the dramatic changes in West Aurora School District? Dramatic changes? Uh, or not so dramatic, either well, way. <laughs> like I said, I, Jefferson, West Aurora. Uh, I've lived in Aurora, on the west side of Aurora most of my life, uh, with the exception of my experience in the Army, and I was out in California for three years. But uh, I feel like uh, I, I liken it to welcome back, Cotter, if anybody knows who that is. It's like coming back home. And um, it, it really does feel like coming back home. And, and I, as far as changes, I, I, I appreciate the emphasis on safety. Hmm. Um, hence my position. Absolutely. Um, but uh, and it's, it's unfortunate that we have to put so much emphasis on that. But that's the, the world that we live in today. Right. And uh, in order for to, to educate our, our, our kids, we, we have to ensure that they're 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 safe. I mean, the, our parents are giving to us uh, their greatest resource. Right. And, and they expect them to come home at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's an interesting uh caveat to what has been dramatically changed in the landscape of education probably even 10 15 years ago even though yet you know we had uh, columbine the, the the complete emphasis on uh, school safety wasn't there until recent years when we've had kind of a, a spate uh, you know when we talk about changes in how we try to keep our staff and students safe um, you are one of the spearhead of, uh, of our Alice training um, and just how we think about protecting our schools, creating vestibules and all those pieces that uh, you really never thought you had to do. We used to call our neighborhood schools. You know, you'd, you'd walk to school. Uh, you didn't have parents having to drive. Kids were just kind of free to walk the neighborhood and, and the sidewalks. And, and now we have a different lens. 
It's absolutely different. Uh, and, and things are changing. We talk about ALICE, you know, it might be foreign to some people, but that's acronym for alert, uh, lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate. Uh, that's the, 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 the principles that we're using to keep our kids and our staff safe. The days of uh, hiding underneath the desk, locking the doors, turning the lights off, uh, they are gone. I mean, that basically what we did then was create a target-rich environment. You bet. And uh, we're, we're, we're empowering students, our staff, to do what they need to do under the circumstances that they're faced with. Yeah, and uh, you know, you talk about some of those strategies, and we're going to get into uh, the ALICE piece itself down the road, but some of the words that are part of that acronym never would have been a part of our vocabulary in terms of safety for our, for our schools. You know, just the word evacuate seemed to be counterintuitive, and now it's how do we get staff and students away from that danger point? And, and so that, that whole strategy, that mindset has dramatically changed, I think, over the years. And, and uh, you know, we've had some uh, some initial drills. I, I was part of uh, one of our elementary schools. I think Fern did an evacuation or a Alice drill. And I think that the adults were more uh, heightened a sense of anxiety because there wasn't that control. And as educators, we like control, that type A, and we wanna know where they're gonna be and that they're gonna be in a line and on a letter. And, and uh, it was controlled chaos. And it was, um, you know, that's just part and parcel of how do we get kids away from, from danger. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and it, it works. Yes. It works, it has been used, it, it's been utilized across the country and it's saving lives. It's a great, great tool for us to, to, to continue to practice and. Um, as we've been indoctrinated over the many, many years of how safety processes have been, this change will take some time, but I think it's evolving in an in a, in appropriate time frame. It, it, and it had to. I mean, law enforcement was kind of thrown for a loop when we had Columbine 20 years ago. Absolutely. And, and then we responded to that. We were looking for an answer, and uh, we went to the L.A. Unified School District, and they had this lockdown procedure. problem is the lockdown procedure was in response to the drive-by shootings in the neighborhood mm. when the threat was on the outside of the building. So yes, it closes, turn the lights off, lock the doors, get down underneath desk, try to get some type of cover. Different motivation. Yeah when, yeah, when the threat is on the outside of the building, it does not work when the threat is inside your building. So you brought up the, the piece, you know, prior to you becoming a safety officer here in West Rose School District, and we feel extremely fortunate to have someone of your, your caliber and your, your background. Um, you were uh, working in a similar capacity at Aurora University, and prior to that, uh, a long uh, stretch with uh, the Aurora Police Department. Can you describe those experiences a little bit in some of your role? Uh, yeah, I uh, retired Aurora Police Sergeant 20, a little over 24 years there. Um, as a kid, I never would have imagined in a million years being a police <laughs> officer, uh, but uh, that's, that's, the, that's where the journey took me. In fact, I was uh, studying to be an uh, electrician our electronics and computers, and I saw an ad that said electronic technicians needed, and I answered it, and it was a, a Navy recruiter, which led me, long story short, into the Army. Okay. Got out of the Army, and I, I saw, I came back home, and I saw an ad for, for firemen. The city was hiring firemen. And I messed around, and I waited, and I went down to City Hall and said, well, you missed the cutoff date, but we're hiring police officers. So <laughs> I took the police test, and here I am, you know, almost 30 years later. Uh, what an what a interesting journey. It, it has been, but I, I would not change it for anything. My 24 years as a Aurora police officer, being able to serve in the community that I grew up in as a, a D.A.R.E. officer, mm. um, uh, gangs for five years, SWAT for 16 years. Um, I, I just, I, I love those experiences. 
they weren't all pleasant. Sure, I bet. But uh, they have formed to make me, you know, who I am, and they've almost set me up for this position here in the district. So talk a little bit about that, uh, and, and I won't ask you to get into the to the weeds on some of those, but some of those not so pleasant, and and some of those, you know, you talk about dare. So you had some interaction in schools. How does some of those experiences really shape who you are and, and, and how you approach your role now in terms of a school safety officer? You know, well, the, the, the buzz is school safety and, and active assailants, right? Shooters enter, entering your building. And uh, unfortunately, our, our city was not, it was, it was a dangerous place back in the 90s where we were experiencing, you know, high levels of gang violence and, and shootings and, and homicides. I remember one year our gang homicide per capita was higher than Chicago's. I mean, that's hmm. just insane. And uh, having been involved in, 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 in several shootings, I it was able to develop this mindset that, man, you can survive this, right? And, and to know what happens to you during those confrontations, I can share those experiences and prepare people to deal with those. It's not like TV. It's not like Hollywood. Um, doesn't get solved in 30 minutes. No, it, it doesn't. <laughs> and not everybody dies. Sure. You know, if you're, if you're shot, you can survive that. And, and being able to, to train along those lines, I think is, is going to help people. Uh, should we, you know, in, encounter that type of uh, situation? You know, I don't know that, and maybe you are of a mind because you went through it, but I'm not sure that everyone goes through those adverse experiences and comes out saying, hey, I've, I've experienced this, I've survived this, ergo, I can be good at this and I can impart some of this knowledge to other people. I think some people would go, how do I get away from this? How do I get out of this business? Because this is potentially life ending for me. So why do you think you took a, a, the high road approach and the, and the bigger picture approach? That's a, that's a curious thought process. Well, I, I feel like I, I've learned that, that telling your story it, it tends to heal. You know, when, when you've experienced trauma, uh, you got to tell your story. And, and, and one of the ways that I do that I've, is uh, I've worked with some uh, uh, psychologists and we've developed officer wellness training um, for officers in the northern Illinois area. In fact, I'm doing a class next month um, for NEMERT. And, and it, it, it's designed, the model is we have a therapist, a psychologist that does the brain stuff and a police officer that's able to, to talk about the practicality of that and put, sure. putting, you know, talking about culture and, and, and suicide and, and, and wellness and self-care uh, relationships, those type of things, and how it relates to uh, law enforcement work. Which is a big part of the educational process anymore. Absolutely. So if you could, um, we, we started, you started here with us in, in July. Right. And... Um, you know, it was something that we thought long and hard about, about where we were as a district, uh, where we are in terms of, you know, with the west side of Aurora. Is this something that we, we think it makes sense um, operationally? What's the role? What's the responsibilities? And the more we thought about it, we're thinking, geez, if we have the right individual, this makes all the sense in the world to give oversight to our, our practices, but also to um, help change mindsets. So if you could talk a little bit about, these are fairly new roles in the educational realm. And how do you see the, the, the need for that role right now? And then how do you see it evolving into the next level? And then uh, the third piece is, what's your vision? What's the movie in your head about how you impact 
uh, the educational process here on District 129? Uh, I think you hit it right on the head with changing mindsets. It, it's a mindset that we have to change, um, not just in tactics, but in, uh, in how we treat people and how we get in front of this thing, you know, called school violence. Um, and I have some ideas about that, and I, I know we'll talk about that in, in, a, in a bit. Sure. Um, but the position, when it was presented to me, I, I thought this is a, a position, a chance to work in the district that I that I grew up in, and uh, you know, I, I have uh, I have an investment here. Absolutely. Uh, do. I, I have a son that's at West High. My wife works in our, one of our elementary schools. A sister-in-law and a niece. In, 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 our, in our schools and, and friends that I grew up with, uh, I, I have an investment. And as, you know, our communities and our school goes, so, so do I. I mean, I, I am here. I, I live at West. And, and, and um, it's to my best interest that, that our kids and the people inside our buildings are safe. So that's a, that's a curious perspective, too. You come with a, a very positive, well-respected reputation. You as a person, as Kevin Triplett. Not necessarily, you know, if you separate the person from, you know, your, your security and your police uh, roles. But you come with, with a, a highly regarded reputation. People in general go, ah, Kevin Triplett, good guy, glad he's with us. Do you think your perspective is different because of the investment that you have here in terms of your family and friends and, and your roots coming up through it? as opposed to somebody that we would have hired that would that really has no specific connection to our school system. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean it's it's the investment here um, and 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 gener- uh, you know genuinely caring about the people inside our buildings. You can't fake that. I, I we I, I it's my goal that everybody goes home at the end of the day. But I mean we we have a lot of living to do, right? And uh, I I want to see my son come home, my wife my 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 niece and my sister-in-law i want to see him tonight i want to see him tomorrow so that that is that is our goal plus you got some good vacations planned sometime in the future that we want to make <laughs> good take vacations. advantage of you know this isn't a bad gig i, I you guys treat me well and well, and I, I appreciate that we ask a lot of you so we appreciate to be it here you know it's not like work i i, I think about things during you know when i when i'm sleeping not in, in an anxious way but how can i what what can we do to make people safer you know, uh, to, to be more comfortable so they can concentrate on educating and caring for our, for our kids and not worry about the boogeyman coming through the door. Yeah, you know, that's a, it's interesting as we've been talking about a variety of topics and uh, related to safety and security. People tend to be afraid of what they don't know about. And so I think the more that we can talk about it, evidence and getting getting the, the, the touchy subjects, get them on the table. Let's just work through it. Even though there's, you know, there's some of the icky stuff that we see and know and do and and uh, have to uh, work with and, and resolve, I think the more we can we can evidence it and, and just be very transparent about it, I think makes a lot of difference. Oh, it helps. And, and fear of the unknown, right? Yes. You, you just said it. And uh, as we talk about it, I, I don't claim to have all the answers, but we're talking about it. And if we can talk about it, it eliminates the, the, our own body's desire to want to freeze when, when things go south. And we have a plan. You would, well, I guess I blame myself. I brought up the, the Alice piece a little earlier. Um, and for those that are listening, they probably have a different concept of or a different notion of what Alice is. 
Um, and maybe they've seen, you know, videos or promotions that's throwing erasers and, you know, water mm-hmm. bottles at, at intruders. But it's a lot more than that. And so for those that are listening, can you talk a little bit about the, what, what is Alice and, and what's the premise of it? And, and then, well, I'll ask a follow, but let's start with that one there. Just talk a little bit about what Alice is and what it isn't. Alice is uh, a nationwide uh, organization uh, that's created this model uh, to, to, to deal with armed intruders in, in our buildings, not just in schools, but in workplaces. Absolutely. And this works on the bus, in the theater, in, in, in the restaurants, at home. Grocery store. Grocery wherever. stores. It doesn't matter. matter. These, these, these principles can be used anywhere. But uh, uh, like I said, it's an acronym for ALICE, Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, and Evacuate. And, and, the, and just in the alert aspect of it, instead of you know, announcing there's, there's a intruder in the building locked down, we're, we're telling people, we're informing them what's going on, as much information as we have off the bat so they can make informed decisions about what to do, whether or not they can evacuate or they have to, because the situation is going to be different as opposed, you know, is, is there a threat outside your building? Are they coming through the front door? Uh, are they in the room? Sure. So your response is going to be different to, to all those different things, and we're empowering people to, to make those decisions. So what would be some of those actions? You know, I, and I knowingly, because you and, and Marty and a, and a group took us, our, all our administration this summer, through some of those tactical drills, um, and we got to practice a variety of strategies. So talk a little bit about what some of those activities, you know, so if that intruder is getting ready to come through that classroom door, what are some activities that that classroom might perform? Well, in your situation and you, and you, you're in the room and you hear shots fired uh, and there's an announcement that there is an intruder at door 16. All right. I know I'm at the south end of the building. Uh, there's a door, you know, 100 feet away from my classroom. We're going to evacuate. We're going to get out of the building. Now, if there's shots fired, you look out the door and you see a guy coming down the hallway with a rifle. You're probably not going to be able to evacuate. We're going to have to lock down and not just lock down, but we're going to barricade. We're going to keep that person from coming in the door. And and studies have shown if, if an intruder comes to a locked door, they are moving on. I mean, their, 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 their whole uh, uh, goal is to hurt as many people as possible. So, uh, and, and if, let's say there's the, the, the threat is inside the room, you're not going to be able to evacuate. Some might be able to, but you're certainly not going to be able to lock down. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Sure. The threats in the room, you have to counter. And we're not talking about fighting anyone. You know, how are you going to fight somebody that has a gun? It's possible. It's been done. All right. But what, what we're telling people to do is that you have options. Uh, if, if I'm, if I'm, trying to hurt someone inside a room with a firearm. And I have a water bottle, a stapler, uh, a phone. Something to uh, distract a, them. A laptop coming at my head. <laughs> I'm going to duck. All right. And if, and if I'm ducking, that, that's going to give other people an opportunity to maybe, you know, rush me, swarm me and, and, and gain control of me and keep people from getting hurt. And, and the key is, is getting control of the threat so that we can get people in here, you know, paramedics, police officers to, to help the wounded. And that's where people survive. The problem where, where people, where we, where we lose people is when the person is allowed to roam about the building and do what he wants to. And now people are bleeding out and, and 
we're, we're losing them. So there's two pieces that I think that have changed. You know, this, the Alice mentality, the Alice strategies are about actively repelling or actively trying to evade the danger rather than just uh, hunker down and be, as you say, be a target-rich environment. And I think the other piece is that the um, uh, law enforcement has changed their approach as well. Uh, you referred to Columbine, where they waited almost an hour for the building to clear, or whether they can tell where the shooter's still active. And now they're trained to come in and try and get some of those folks out and provide that response on a more immediate basis, so we can reduce the number of, of uh, fatalities and and uh, injuries. That has evolved over the years. Yes. I mean, with, with Columbine, you know, we, we, we surround and, and we contain, wait for a SWAT team to show up, and people are getting hurt inside. Sure. And over the years, the training has evolved from a four, four-man team. You wait for four guys, you wait for three guys, two guys. It's to the point now, the first guy at the scene is going in. He's not waiting for anybody, and you're going to the threat. One of the, one, and I, I talked to a buddy of mine that was at NIU during their mm, yes. uh, the Valentine's Day shooting. And he said one of the hardest things in that situation was uh, running past kids that had been injured. Yes. But he was going to the threat. you got to stop the threat. And, and at the time, they didn't know that he had already you know, killed himself. Um, but that, that's, that's where law enforcement is right now. And I think, you know, for, for students and staff to now become uh, active participants, and I think that's what some of the takeaway was that we can do something about our own safety now. And it's not just hide and hope. It's, it's more how do we either get away from it? How do we subdue? How do we distract? How do we um, repel them by either barricading, locking doors, wrapping belts around, whatever it might be, you know, piling furniture up? Mm. I think we've become more responsible for our own safety as well to work with law enforcement as they come in more immediately. So I, I think that's a, that's a dramatic change in just how people think. And so my follow-up question is, why do you think that Alice is, is a better, uh, more effective approach than our traditional practices over the, the many years? Well, for one, it's been proven several mm -hmm. times over where uh, schools, uh, workplaces have utilized Alice principles and people have survived. Uh, the, the number of casualties uh, have gone way down. People have gotten shot, but, but very few fatalities. And uh, I, I think it empowers our, our, our staff members absolutely does. Uh, to do what they need to do, depending on the situation. And they want this. I mean, uh, our, our goal is to go through drills with every building and it's going to be a process. But, you know, three, four years from now, as our kids come up through the system, there's not going to be any question as to what to do if someone enters the building and tries to hurt you. I agree. It's a great point that you make. And, and, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, this conversation isn't happening five, eight, ten years ago. Uh, this conversation is now um, almost part of everyday life, especially uh, with your trying to train uh, over 12,000 students and almost 1,700 employees to try and change how we approach this. And, and this isn't just isolated to District 129 or the west side of Aurora or even Illinois. I mean, this is a nationwide uh, concerted effort to try and change how we deal with violence and violence in our schools particularly uh, because we do have a concentration of folks so what if you were to give some advice what are some other things that as a community as a as a school district leadership uh, as parents uh, concerned citizens what are some things that we can do to combat some of that and then how do we continue to make a difference uh, in, in our school safety 
uh, combating school violence, trying to get in front of this. Um, I think as parents, we have to we have to be involved in our kids' lives, and that sounds really simple, but uh, just uh, reinitiating that 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 family unit, uh, knowing what your kids are doing, you know, restricting their uh, their internet access, maybe not so much restricting, but know what they're into, ah, know what sure. they're looking at, know who they're communicating with, you know, know who their friends are, knowing where they're at. I mean, there's technology, so much of it has been used to 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 hurt us. Just ask some of those basic questions. Who are you with? Where are you right, going? Why? Right, how right, long right. are you going to be there? I, exactly. Are their know, parents know home? Know kids are at. Um, you know, uh, and encourage your kids if they see something on social media, they, they hear something at school, say something, say something to you, uh, share it with someone that they trust at school, uh, a staff member, and, and, and allow, uh, allow us, allow the, the school district, allow the police, whoever, whoever we need to speak to about this to, to deal with that or remedy the, the situation, whether it be bullying or someone you know, wanting to hurt themselves or someone else. And, and don't wait until you go to school the next day. Uh, report it to, to law enforcement when you see it, when you hear it. Um, so important that we get that information like right away. Um, and it's just not us as a district. I mean, this uh, we, we host a, a monthly a school safety meeting here at, at the district office right. uh, where we have people coming from Bolingbrook in Naperville, uh, Montgomery, uh, police, fire, uh, uh, school administrators, and we're all thinking and, and working together to, to how can we better keep our kids safe. And uh, I'm, I'm going to Naperville to assist them in their drills. They're they're helping us. Oh wow! Um, so this is a, a unified effort. We're not in this alone. And the whole idea is to have a regional uh, uh, a response to threats in our school. You bet. Um, and and a, a regional reunification. So if if, if, uh, if Naperville has an incident. We know what they're going to do. We know what their reunification process looks like, and we can we can assist them. They can assist us. So it, it's not. And, and one of the things you asked me, what what do I like about the district, and what I see changing, is that this dist- district is progressive. We are ahead of the game. I mean, we talk about things, and and people are trying to jump on and 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 glean from what we're doing. Um, so I, I really do appreciate that. Well, and that's that's positive commentary uh, from your perspective, and that's a that's a valued feedback. And you talked about you know we we spent a lot of time really focusing on uh, active shooters, but the safety challenges that we have when you talk and it prompted me when you, you mentioned reunification. It's not just from from shooters. No, you know there's there's other there's natural disasters that take place whether it's severe weather. Um, I mean, I, I remember one of my experiences where there was a construction backhoe that hit a six-inch gas main mm. uh, that we had to evacuate. We couldn't even go near our cars. You couldn't have a latch because it could spark uh, the natural gas out there. And we evacuated almost 3,000 people to the football stadium and walked them down to a grocery store lot so they could reunify and put them on buses. So there's, you know, our dangers and safety protocols uh, that we engage in our partners around the, the community and around the area aren't just because of, of shooters, but other safety issues that you're engaged with as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the staff, they're, 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 they're getting on board with this. And in fact, right before we, uh, we met here, I had a question uh, via email from, a, from a, a staff member asking, what, what should be my announcement 
during an earthquake. Ah. You know, we're doing earthquake drills. And, I, you know, I really hadn't thought about that. So, you know, I'm I, trying to put something together and, and to think about how do, how do we respond to an earthquake? An earthquake in Chicago? You think it'll never happen. Yeah, we've had earthquakes. I, I, we experienced one several years ago. I remember I was at Copley Hospital and the, the ground shook. Um, I, I, if I could for a second go back to what 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 kind of things can we do to get ahead of this this school safety sure and one of the things i think is 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 primary and it i don't want to oversimplify it but it's just just being kind and taking mm-hmm. care of each other you know uh, when we talk about school bullying and 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 it, it it's it's it wound, it's woundedness and brokenness that causes people to want to hurt others so if we can Treat people the way we want to be treated. No I golden we're, rule. We're going to get way ahead of the school violence. Thing. I tell you, I'm really glad you said that because that's something that we're really we're trying to focus on, and that's our culture of who we are and how we represent ourselves, and that comes down to how we treat people. Absolutely. Whether we treat it's our kids, our parents, um, our customers that come through the door, our our community in general. Um, you're, as you said it very well, that that golden rule of treat people the way you want to be treated. And uh, that's, that's a great premise. Um, just try and get along with folks. Uh, you know, we're in a, our world right now is, is really disheveled and, you know, people are pushing buttons. And I'm not sure that we have to be that way here. I mean, I think we can make a different decision. No, and, and we don't. And, you know, obviously we don't live in a bubble. We, no. we don't. And, and this is a real world. And that's one of the things I love about West Aurora is the, the diversity. And, and my kids growing up in the school system, they're going to go out into a world that looks very similar to what they're seeing here at West Not too many surprises know, when they leave here, no, right? No, <laughs> there isn't. In fact, my daughter's been told that as, as they've gone away to college. And he says, you know, these kids really didn't know how to, they didn't, they didn't know anything about life. And it's like, Dad, you know, we, we kind of know this, right? This, we saw it. We, we were not really surprised by anything. And uh, they, they were well prepared to, to go away and, and, awesome and live their lives. Awesome to hear. I'm glad you brought that up. And I, uh, as we get close to wrapping up, I, I'm curious, whether it's police work or your safety officer work, um, what gives you the greatest satisfaction at the end of the day? Wow. Um, I'm getting deeper towards that. That, that, <laughs> is, that is deep. You know, I've, I've thought about this a little bit, and and it's it's knowing that uh, the people inside our buildings are, are a little bit safer. You know, from what the work that I do, the work that we're all doing, uh, that that we're better prepared, that we're going home, and and you know, there. Uh, I think I mentioned before that there's so much more living to do. Uh, and preparing our kids for, for, for life to become, you know, decent, good people. Uh, that gives me satisfaction to know that uh, they're better prepared to, to go about doing that, you know, the business of, of living. That, uh, that goal tells me, A, a lot about you, and it tells me, B, we made a really great decision to, to bring you on board here. And so we're really happy that you're here and proud that you're a part of our organization so thank you very much for all that you do for our our students, our staff, and our community. And uh, thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I have, uh, you know, I'm I'm retired, but people say, well, why are you continuing to work? This isn't work for me. I I, I love doing this, and I look forward to doing it. Well, we look forward to uh, your continued work here, uh, or or your retirement here. Uh, but but the efforts that you brought you've uh, you you brought a whole new uh, thought process and mindset 
to help us with some of our big initiatives. And uh, certainly, I think people have a lot of faith in you, and that counts for a lot. So thank you very much for all of that. And, and thanks for your time today. Uh, we appreciate Kevin Triplett, our safety officer here for West Aurora Schools. It's, uh, it's an important role and will continue to be an important role for us. So thank you very much for your time and your insights. And uh, as we move on uh, from our podcast number seven, I would encourage our listeners, you can uh, find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. And I would encourage you to subscribe to our broadcast to give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussion. So, Kevin, thank you very much. And uh, we hope uh, those folks tune in. And um, it's a great listen. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Craig. You bet. <laughs>